Sony. Good morning, Canada. Welcome to a full edition of Canadian Common Sense. 45 minutes of unfiltered and unscripted, unedited, and at least for the next couple of weeks, uncensored commentary on Canada's issues. Today's date is September 5th, 2021, and it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in BC. How goes it, my man? Well, the smoke is back, so <laughs> it's, oh, it's uh, yeah, it's been it's been the probably the craziest summer I've ever seen. Well, that's too bad because I'm sitting here staring at an um, absolutely amazing prairie sunrise. Now, for those of you in Canada who live in the prairies, you know what I'm talking about. Lewis, you lived in the prairies. That's how we met. Um, for those of you who are saying eastern parts of the country or perhaps in the united states or wherever in the world you're listening the sunsets and sunrises are absolutely unbeatable out here because you've got the entire horizon to watch i remember being in mexico the first time we went and everybody said oh you've got to come to the to watch the sunset at the ocean and we went out to watch the waiting for something spectacular and it was over in five minutes so <laughs> Yeah, the sun sunrises and sunsets, and uh, the closer you get to the equator, the faster they are. Like it's really quick. It's like someone flips a switch. Um, but you're right; the sunsets and the sunrises and on the prairies are amazing. But they're also one of the reasons I hated the prairies so much because there's no in the way of the sun, and you can't drive east or west at sunlight or sunrise or sunset without completely being blinded because the sun is at the same level as your hood that's true yep i can't even argue that (laughs) no you can't (laughs) it it was one of the worst aspects of living in the on the prairies for me because i'm a bc boy i grew up in the mountains and it uh, it was something I was not used to, and for ten years I could never get used to. So um, there are some great things about about those sunrises and sunsets, but damn, I hated them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and and that's a fair enough criticism. So on the show today, actually, before we start, there's two things we should touch on. Number one, I want to say thank you to Ukraine because Ukraine, unlike the government of Canada, Ukraine decided they would allow their soldiers to go out into the streets of Kabul and go and pick up not only their own citizens, but Canadian citizens and some refugees that were that were bound for Canada and get them to the airport and fly them to, to Kiev to process and get ready to come to Canada. So thank you, Ukraine. For saving some Canadians. Yeah, I never ever thought I would be thanking the Ukraine for um, for doing something that Canada should have done and decided not to. Um, but yes, thank you, Ukraine. And um, shame on Trudeau for that. Absolutely right. And second thank you, and this is huge, is to our swath of new listeners um, our show exploded our numbers went up almost 50 percent in the span of what did you say lewis two weeks three weeks uh three weeks yeah yeah 
Yeah, that's amazing. So um, thank you to all of our new listeners for tuning in. Um, just a very quick introduction to the show. We are here to talk about Canada's issues. That's what we do every week. We are just two average Canadian guys. We do this this podcast purely out of love for our country because there are not a lot of conservatives out there talking about Canada's issues from perspectives such as ours because we're not lawyers, we're not politicians, we're just a couple of guys who've been immersed in the system for decades. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you. And um, uh, and just so our new listeners understand the way our show is set up, um, you'll notice when you when you look at the uh, the show list that um, our episodes are listed as a one twenty three point zero, and then you have one twenty three point one, one twenty three point two, one twenty three point three, and then one twenty four point zero. The way that is set up is that the 123.0, so any episode ending in a point zero is our full 45-minute episode uh, where Tony and I are, are on the show together and we uh, discuss the issues of the week. And um, the point ones, point twos, point threes, those are short rants where one of us is uh, just recording our thoughts on a specific issue. Uh, it could last from anywhere from three or four minutes to 11 or 12, um, just depending on how much we have to say. And sometimes we have a lot to say. Uh, so uh, aside from that, all you got to know is that Tony is out in Saskatchewan Myself, Lewis, uh, I'm out in the Okanagan in British Columbia. And so we bring a couple of different perspectives, but we are both what I would say, I would call us both uh, conservative-leaning libertarians. We believe in freedom. And we believe the government staying out of our business. Um, unfortunately, we don't live in a world where that occurs. So we have to form our opinions and, and everything based on the world we have to deal with. And um, unfortunately, right now, we have a country run by the most corrupt leader the country's ever seen. And so that is, uh, that's where we're coming from. So, Tony, why don't you tell everybody what we got to talk about today and uh, let's get on with it. Absolutely. So on the show today, the Liberal Party of Canada released their platform. Yawn. We had our first televised leaders debate. That's okay. We didn't watch it either. Liberals are getting desperate. Jagmeet Singh embarrassed at his own event. And the Conservative Party of Canada did not have the best week and more. Where do you want to start, sir? Well, I didn't hear about this Jagmeet Singh uh, event where he was embarrassed. So why don't we talk about that? Because I always like to laugh at him. Okay, yes, Jagmeet Singh, um, as you regular listeners to the show know, I don't like Jagmeet Singh. I have <laughs> referred to him as an imbecile, as a moron. I have challenged him to a debate upon which the topic would be, is Jagmeet Singh a complete imbecile? 
And then I've done, Lewis, you pointed out a few months, weeks later that there was no need to debate because he just proves it himself. Well, Jagmeet Singh, at the very least, I'll say he's consistent. He's been going around the country since the, before the election started saying we need to tax the wealthy, tax the ultra wealthy, tax profits, get government into everything. Well, he did a campaign event in northern Manitoba in the riding of Churchill, which is one of the largest ridings in Canada. It's, it's basically the entire northern half of Manitoba. And he had with him as his props the Assembly of Manitoba Chiefs, Chief Dumas, and then another chief from the Assembly of, of Manitoba Chiefs. And they did their event. He introduced his candidate. And then, of course, reporter... Uh, was you know, they had the two chiefs up there speaking, and both of those chiefs endorsed Shirley Robinson, Liberal Party of Canada candidate, <laughs> at an NDP <laughs> event. <laughs> Isn't this kind of like along the lines of a lawyer uh, questioning a witness in court without knowing what the answers are going to be? <laughs> that that's an excellent excellent analogy. <laughs> wow, that's hilarious! I'm I'm kind of surprised it wasn't splashed all over the front pages of of, uh, of the news. I mean, this is the first I've heard about it, so that's hilarious. Yeah, it did make the CBC because I did hear it on Power and Politics, and of course because the CBC would be all over that such a thing to try to help out the liberals. <laughs> I have <laughs> when I heard that it was funny, and Chief Dumas, I uh not that I know much about him, but just from, he did an interview with, uh, with thing was David Cochran was hosting that night and he just told it straight and calm. And I thought, I like this man. Cause he, uh, of course, David Cochran said, well, so why did you choose that moment to endorse Shirley Robert Robinson? Well, they asked me, I wasn't going to tell them to somebody else. <laughs> <laughs> uh, like, that's yeah. funny, but it's, um, I, I I, huh. I don't understand why they would still support the liberals. I mean, the liberals have not followed through on their promises. But it could be because the liberals were the ones that removed the uh, Accountability Act, and the conservatives would likely bring something back in that's that that uh, uh, resembles it. Yeah, that may have something to do with it. And also, uh, Shirley Robertson, Robinson, sorry, I keep getting that name wrong. Miss Robinson is a First Nations lady, and I know she was involved in community work. I don't remember what the scope of it was. They did say on the show. So there is that factor, but I think it's pretty obvious to most thinking people that Jagmeet Singh is a moron. Oh, Jagmeet and, Singh, he is so dumb. It's not even a close race how dumb this man is i mean tax all the rich tax the rich you know you can tax the rich in canada a hundred percent and make a dent in our debt or our our deficits i mean we don't okay compare us to the united states we do not have the number of rich that the u.s has even even as a as a as a ratio to the remainder of the population, the U.S. has like a multitude more rich and wealthy people, uh, even as a ratio 
than Canada has. And we, we don't, and, and Canada is not a country where you can get away with paying no tax the way you can in the States. Our tax code just is not set up like that. In Canada, it's like, if you're rich, you pay a huge amount of tax, like a huge amount of tax. And there's no way or, uh, uh, out of it. No, that's right. And it's, uh, it's funny how, of course, he goes around and, and Trudeau's picked up a couple of his talking points on this whole, they got to pay their fair share business. Um, Lewis, you're old enough to remember uh, Michael Wilson, who was Brian Mulroney's finance minister. This, this topic came up back then with, I believe, Ed Broadbent was the, the leader of the NDP at that time. And Michael Wilson famously said, we don't have enough millionaires to fund this kind of a tax hike. And he was right because his point at that time was exactly what you said. If you tax all the wealthiest people in Canada, it's going to amount for a few days of spending. Yeah, no, I mean, that's all it is. It's, it's, this is such a misnomer and it's a, it's a myth and it's a, it's really, it's a U.S. It's an American politics, uh, political uh, talking point that we've adopted. Um, the left-wing parties in our country kind of um, rely on the fact that Canadians don't know the difference between American and Canadian tax code, firearms legislation, um, uh, crime stats, um, racist, uh, you know, cops and stuff like that they rely on the fact that canadians don't know the difference there is a huge difference there's a huge difference between canada and the u.s on a multitude of of of, uh issues but the thing is is that the americans uh, are sorry the uh the canadian left-wing politicians such as the liberals and the ndp they know that canadians don't know the difference are, we are inundated with American media and American movies and American TV shows. And most Canadians could not tell you the difference between a number of topics between Canada and the U.S. They just couldn't. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Now, um, one more policy issue on Jagmeet Singh, then we'll move on. Because, boy, do we have a lot to talk about with our friends, the Liberals. Um, Jagmeet Singh had... Telegraphed this a, a week or so ago after when the campaign started. Brought it up again this past week. Their platform of free, and of course we use the air quotes because it means taxpayer funded, dental care for all Canadians making less than $90,000 a year. Let that sink in, Canada. If you make less than $90,000 a year, you apparently are too poor to have a dental plan or any kind of insurance or money to pay for dental care. You know what the stupid part about this is, is that it's something in the vicinity of about 90% of Canadians have an extended health care plan at work. Uh, whether yeah. it's, whether it's uh, you have a government gold plated plan or you have a private plan through your employer that covers, you know, because most most dental plans, I, I know this because I own a business that has extended health care. Um, the almost every single dental plan I know of covers ninety percent of 
uh, of cleanings and um, fillings and, and um, you know, the, the more common dental work. When you get into something like a root canal, it covers 50%. Um, it's uh, the, and, and you're not going to find a, a dental plan anymore that covers, uh, say, orthodontic work for braces or, or anything like that. Um, and I know that too because my son is in braces. Um, so this is such a ridiculous. Uh, it's kind of like the drug plan where they want to have a national drug, uh, you know, like a, a, a drug plan where our, our, our um, prescriptions are, are going to be free to us or mostly free to us. Well, for 90% of the people, they already are. Like when yeah. I, when I, when I go get, you know, it's like 90% of Canadians have drug coverage already. Why? Why? When the when private business is taking care of something, why would the government try to take it over? I mean, it just means more tax dollars going into something that our government won't be able to manage correctly because they don't manage anything correctly. Like well, see, it, that's, that's exactly it, it. It's insane to me that people... You ask people, do you trust the government or do you trust the government to look after something correctly? Do you, do you trust the government to run anything, you know, fiscally responsibly? And nobody will say yes. Nobody will say yes. But those same people will tell you they want the government to take over all. And, and it doesn't make any bloody sense to me. Because the government sucks at every single thing they do. Everything they suck at it. Yep, they absolutely do. And I mean, your point about the dental care and like I have the plan that I'm on, I actually get 100% coverage once you reach a certain number of years with your company. That's how our plan works. But see, even with something like, uh, like braces where they're not covered, well, I mean, I had to fork out for my son's braces as well. But there's a lot of procedures where if it's 50% coverage, or even when it's 90% coverage, if your spouse has coverage through their employer or their union or whatever, you can actually tap into that after your company pays out the initial 90%. So for the vast majority of Canadians, if both spouses have a have a benefits plan, they pay nothing for their dental care, for their cleanings, for their fillings. They pay nothing. Yeah, and that's most Canadians. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's absolutely asinine to think that because that the government should take something over that the private in the private industry is doing a really good job at. I think they are. And it, and it's being done it, it it's already being done. It's being done by private industry and they're doing it at a much like they're far more efficient at it. And it doesn't cost, like, here's the thing, a tax increase to cover a drug plan or a dental plan, a national plan, would be way more than our private insurance for extended health benefits costs us. Oh, absolutely right. So why would anybody 
want that taken over by the government. I mean, it's it's absolutely ridiculous. It's just more money out of our pockets, more bureaucracy, more wasted money. It's just the government sucks at everything it does, and it'll suck at doing this too. Yep, absolutely right. So, uh, Jamie Singh, you moron. If you want to bring in a health or sorry, a wealth tax that only affects the rich, you're going to drive all these people that create jobs out of the country, and they're going to go to a, a country where they don't have tax because you know what a wealth tax does it taxes you on your on the on your possessions that you've already paid tax on and most rich and wealthy people their wealth is not in dollars it's not in cash sitting in the bank it's in stocks and it's in Possessions such as a large house or expensive cars or something like that, that they've already paid enormous amounts of tax on. And most people don't, like most wealthy and rich people don't have that money just sitting around in a bank waiting to just pay a tax bill with. I mean, this is the dumbest thing. The NDC has ever proposed, and they've proposed some dumb things in my time. They have, and speaking of dumb proposals, the Liberal Party released this platform this week, and honestly, it was much ado about nothing. The platform was full of talking points that Trudeau has already been talking about even before the election came along. Really, for as far as anything new, the only things I can point to would be the ban on plastics uh, by 2030. And I would have to struggle really hard to figure out anything else new in that. Well, is that single use plastics? Um, It didn't say single use plastics in the, on the platform document, but I know he actually, but you're right. He did uh, telegraph that a couple of years ago. Yes, he did. So maybe there's nothing new at all. (laughs) If it's a, if it's a ban on, on single-use plastics. We already knew that, Justin. Um, yeah, that, that's right. And besides, like, if this is just a general ban on plastics, like, you're you're even dumber than Jagmeet Singh. Yeah, well, exactly. So, I mean, it's... is it Has plastic been an overall detriment? Yeah. Yeah, plastics are... T- they never break down. They never biodegrade. They don't. It, it, they just fill up our landfills. So yeah, but it's so integrated into our daily life now that everything we own has plastics. And if you're talking about single-use plastics, you're going to ban plastic grocery bags. I mean. That's what I use for picking up dog poop and putting in my garbage cans around the house so I don't have to buy, you know, garbage bags. Yep. So I I guarantee you that the garbage bag manufacturers like Glad 
are probably behind this whole banning uh, single-use plastics campaigns because garbage bag sales skyrocket anytime a, a city or a uh, jurisdiction bans single-use plastic bags from grocery stores. Yeah, for sure. Because, um, yeah, we use our grocery bags for, well, cat litter because we're cat owners. And, yep, all the garbage cans around the house. So we would yep. have to go buy garbage bags. So, yeah. So, so yeah, more, trade so, trade one garbage bag for another. That's all this well, is. Exactly, yeah. So, uh, speaking of more garbage, not only is the liberal platform <laughs> kind of so-so, I knew you were going to talk about the liberals when you brought up garbage. <laughs> oh yeah, because we've got a lot, a lot of liberals and a lot to talk about about the liberals. Now, uh, the liberals are getting desperate, and they're they're losing this campaign. Even Nanos, uh, their latest poll, put the conservatives ahead by I think it was five or six points, and. Bill Blair, who is no friend of Canadian common sense, tried to put out a sympathy tweet that a bunch of his signs had been pulled off lawns in the constituency and, quote, dumped in a wooded area. So, Lucas, I sent you the pictures, and we we drilled down and enlarged the pictures, and all those signs were pretty neat, very well stacked, and there was no dirt on the stakes that should have been in the ground. So I'm kind of wondering how it is they got pulled out of people's lawns yeah well to be fair you wouldn't have seen dirt on those those stakes anyway because they were those you know very thin metal stakes same the same uh stakes i use on my lawn signs for my company and you know you they come out clean when you pull them out of the ground but um but yes you are correct the signs were neatly stacked together and one thing I can say as someone who uses those signs, like signs like that, none of the, none of the, those metal stakes were bent or out of shape or anything like that, which they will as soon as you stick them in the ground. So these signs, like they, they were never in the ground. These were never signs that were put out. I mean, you don't pull them. If you, if you're, if you're hell bent on pulling all these, signs out of the ground and getting rid of them and throwing them out in the woods or whatever you're not going to stack them neatly you're not going to stack them together you're going to pull them home in the back of your truck keep going and when you get there just push them all out the back and they're going to be you know a big mess but they weren't they were all stacked together as if they came right out of a, a campaign office yeah, exactly. And, and as somebody who has run for office and uh, has worked on several campaigns through my my time, I put a lot of those signs in the ground and taken them out. And if you're going to take out somebody's signs who's an opposition person, are you really going to take the time to pull up the metal stakes part and get the whole thing out? No, you're going to grab the sign. It's likely going to come off the metal stakes and away you go. Yeah. No, it's, it, this was, it, it's, it is so obvious that this was a setup that even the media didn't really report on it much more than the initial reports. That's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. It was basically a, Hey, this happened and 
then they dropped it because I think they, even they realized that, that it was a setup. Yeah. So we got Bill Blair and then Raj Saini. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So he's the liberal candidate in Kitchener. I can't remember the exact name of the writing, but Mr. Saini has sexual assault allegations, the length of his bloody arm, and talking about groping staffers, calling one lady to come to his office at 10 o'clock at night. She reported that she brought someone with her because she felt uncomfortable, had his hand on someone's leg, made all kinds of inappropriate comments. And Justin Trudeau didn't, did, he, he came down hard on this guy, didn't he, Lewis? Uh, no. No, he didn't. Oh, right. He stood by him. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I'm just surprised that Justin Trudeau didn't, you know, come out and say that some experience things differently. That's the only thing that he probably did not say. Now for context, Canada, there was a conservative party candidate in Nova Scotia, literally the day before the Raj Saini uh, allegations all came to light who had his allegations of his own come to light. And he voluntarily stepped back from the campaign um, without Aaron O'Toole even interfering. He, he voluntarily stepped back, said, I'm not going to, not, not going to run while this is in the air. Justin Trudeau reacted by saying that's absolutely the right thing to do. And I would not tolerate that in my party until the next day, of course. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The <sighs> next day when one of his own, it, uh, had the allegations brought to light, which I believe number over 30 and like 30 different there's allegations. A lot, yeah. yeah, there's a lot. Like way more than what could possibly be coincidence. Um, like this is it's from a multitude of women. And um, uh, rather than saying, you know what, we have you know, following his typical line of, you know, we must believe all women and uh, we have a zero tolerance policy. He, uh, he said, well, the courts, basically what he said was the courts haven't decided. So until the courts decide he's going to run. Yeah. And in fact, he actually said, and this is pretty much a quote, Raj told us his side of the story and we accept that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. okay then. So but, all, I guess all men must be believed too. So yeah, but the reason Justin Trudeau is uh, has this position now is because if he if if he fired everyone who had just allegations, he would have to fire himself too. See, then that right there is the absolute biggest hypocrisy of the story, and I'm really glad you said that because. That's what ticks me off because our our feminist, you know, mucho egalitarian PM is the biggest goddamn hypocrite in his own government. And it just I mean it's there's there's a blackface, there is which is proven, it's not even an allegation. So he's got proven racism, he's got proven uh, sexual assault, groping the reporter at the Kokanee Music Festival, and yet he just he can ignore that because he's Justin Trudeau. It's just I really really dislike this man. Well, we have to we have to disregard that because Justin Trudeau is is the only person in the Canadian government 
that can make Canada better. So we have to ignore those allegations because because nobody else can do it. Well, yes, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's such a joke. I mean, I, it, it, we know he is the most corrupt prime minister in the history of this country. He's also a, uh, a, a proven groper. I mean, he's called the Kokanee groper. I mean, yeah. And yet he still garners the majority of female support in this country. Yeah. Now, uh, that's true. And I want to wrap up the Raj Saini part by saying that yesterday, Raj Saini, and the wording is very important here, Canada, so uh, so please listen carefully. Mr. Saini suspended his campaign uh, because he doesn't want to tarnish the, the liberal image, etc. But suspending your campaign does not mean you're withdrawing from the race. All it means is he is not going to be actively campaigning but his name is still on the ballot. His signs are still out there. He is still uh, a liberal candidate because he hasn't withdrawn. So he could still get elected. So he's a typical lefty where yep. he's not going to do the work, but he's he'll collect the paycheck at the end. Yeah, that's right. And he'll, he'll <laughs> pretend that he's doing something, but he's not actually doing anything. Just typical. Yeah. Yeah. Which is very, very left wing. Absolutely, it is. Yeah. Now, uh, we shared this on our Canadian Common Sense Facebook page on this issue. Michelle Rempel had had posted a video reacting to this, and it was kind of a long video, but I did go through it. And if you haven't seen the video, Canada, you probably should because you can tell that everything she says is from the heart. And she basically just said, I'm tired of this crap. And she said, this happens way too much and people got to stop getting away with it. And she made a lot of really good points in that video. So, so if you haven't watched it, I encourage you to do so Canada. So yeah. anyway, let's move on. And you now uh, you, this is something that you had brought up Lewis about the protesters at Justin Trudeau's events. There was a security um, expert on with, I can't remember what show it was on. We we source content from a lot of sources here in Canada, so we, sometimes it's hard to keep track of where we pick these things up. The security expert had was on talking about Justin Trudeau's protesters and how there was a, an event that was cancelled and they had to move him in different events. And this person basically called JT out on his BS and said, there's no reason those protesters should ever have even been allowed to get so close. He said that if, if the security people were actually allowed to do their job, so they're, they're, the protesters would have been noisy, but far enough away, they wouldn't have been a problem. So I think that you were right when you suggested that Justin Trudeau was trying to use this as a sympathy angle. Unlike me, you think it's going to work for him. Well, uh, I didn't say that it was going to work for him. I said it's possible it could. Um I, I, that was the one thing that I thought might work in his favor is that he can get these protesters to actually garner him more support because it makes, because people are going to look at it and go, oh man, those are conservatives. I can't support 
people like that. Um, and fortunately, it hasn't worked yet. And I don't think it will uh, at this point, because I think the, the, the protesters, they're not as active as they were, say, a week ago. Um, it's, uh, it seems to be dying down a little bit. And, uh, and it could be that he's finally had enough and told his security forces to keep them away have a full RCMP security detail, um, which I have seen in person because I went to an event where he, he, uh, he was at in Kelowna, uh, a few years back. And, um, and that RCMP detail is quite thorough and is everywhere. Like they're everywhere when they're at an event. Um, so it could just be that, that you know they're realizing that it's not helping them and they're saying okay fine you know what don't let them in anymore and uh and that's what's happened because i'm not seeing that as much on the news anymore um the other thing is is uh i've i i I just think that like the liberals are so freaking desperate right now that they're just trying anything they're throwing they're throwing anything at the wall and hoping something sticks. And, and at this point, nothing has. That's um, true. And you pointed out to me, thankfully, that Christian Freeland, who is speaking of trying to throw some mud with that manipulated video, uh, you pointed out she's now being investigated for that. Yeah, the uh, Canadian elections. Uh, I'm not sure what the title's called, but like the the the, the Canadian. Uh, Elections Canada ombudsman or 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 whatever. I, I'm not sure exactly what the what the the job title is, but that person is is now investigating um, Christia Freeland for putting out um, manipulated video. Uh, I mean, it's it, it's one of those like you. you Anybody who's watched it and then watched the original video knows that about 90% of what was said was actually taken out of the video. And then what was left was spliced together to make it sound like uh, Aaron O'Toole was in favor of, you know, pretty much demolishing the Canadian healthcare system and making it 100% private, uh, which is not at all what he said. Um no, and, and the Liberal uh, Party ads are still actually trying to trump that that point that he wants to destroy the healthcare system, and I yeah, think that's another reason that the party's in free fall. Yeah, they're just they they just keep it's the boogeyman thing, right? Like every single election, every single election of my entire life, like ever since I was a kid, I remember that in every single election, the Liberals and the well. To a lesser degree, the NDP, because the NDP, you know, nobody really pays attention to them anyway. The the liberals trump out this. Uh, the conservatives are bad people. They want to take away your health care, take away your right to uh, kill your unborn baby, uh, take away your, you know, take away women's rights, take away gay rights. and um, they want to give everybody guns and 
uh, it's just the same thing every single election. And for some reason, it works. I mean, they tell, they, they, the liberals will tell Canadians, yeah, the, the conservatives are going to take away your health care. And people believe it. Even though, even though successive conservative governments have never privatized your health care, they have never taken away women's, you know, abortion rights. They have never taken away gay rights. They have never opened up the floodgates on firearms and let everybody have one. It's, it's never happened yet. The liberals keep saying it's going to, and crazy enough, people believe it, but this time it doesn't look like it's going to stick. Yeah, that's true. It looks like for once, finally, Canadians aren't buying their bullshit, which is yeah. great. Well, it, it just looks like it just reeks of desperation. It really does. And, and and having said that, the only thing that I that I see that could be a problem uh, right now is the gun control issue because that is something that Aaron O'Toole has not handled very well uh, so far because it's it's in their election campaign um, uh, platform. It's in their election platform that that they're going to reverse that order in council from last spring that banned 1500 different kinds of guns in, in Canada and instantly made criminals of hundreds of thousands of law abiding firearms owners in this country. Both you and I are firearms owners in this country. Neither of us was affected by the ban, but um it's he when asked about it in the in that french language debate uh he said he would maintain a ban on assault on assault weapons everybody assumed that that meant he was going to maintain the 1500 weapon ban that was brought in by order of council last spring but that isn't what he meant he meant the 1970 is 77. Yep. The 1977 ban on actual fully automatic assault weapons. Um, which is correct. That's what he should do. And he should reverse that order in council from last year because it doesn't target anyone except the legal law abiding RCMP vetted firearms owner. That's all it atta- that's all it attacks. It's all it affects. And I mean, this was th- th- this weapons ban was was done in in response to the Nova Scotia shooting last year. And the biggest problem with this whole thing is that Canada's firearms legislation worked before the Nova Scotia. Uh, massacre and it worked on that shooter because he didn't get his guns legally no he didn't and he didn't get them from canada another good point 
He go, he smuggled them in from the U.S. He went down to the U.S., bought them, and then smuggled them back across the line because he couldn't buy them in Canada because our gun control legislation worked. It didn't need to be changed. Yep, exactly right. And so, but the problem is, is that this is what I was talking about earlier. In that is that Canadians can't tell you between Canadian and American firearms legislation because most Canadians are not firearms owners and therefore they don't know jack all about Canadian firearms legislation and uh, you and I are both firearms owners and we can tell you it is not easy to own a weapon in Canada no it definitely is not I mean we are uh because we are both restricted firearms licensees. So every 24 hours, our name goes through the RCMP CPIC system uh, to check for any kind of flags for, you know, unlawful activity. So we are actually vetted daily just for the privilege of having a restricted firearms license. Yeah. And one of the things in that order of counsel uh, last year was increased or no, sorry, that was Bill C-71, I think, uh, increased lifetime background checks for firearms owners. And it's like, well, what's the point? We're already vetted every 24 hours. Yeah, exactly. Like, how much more do you need? Like, this is ridiculous. It's not Canadian fire. It's not legal firearms owners that are committing these crimes. It's not legal firearms owners that are going around shooting people. They're gangbangers. I mean, there's been like a 180% increase in firearms, uh, firearm uh, 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 shooting crimes in Canada since Trudeau took power. 180% increase. That is fully in the organized crime area. It is not legal firearm owners that are committing these crimes it is it's career criminals it's gang it's gang members this is these are like turf wars and and shootings over drug deals and stuff like that that's that's happening it's not legal gun owners in fact in canada and here's a stat for you listeners to to bring out to your liberal friends in canada a legal licensed firearm owner is 300% less likely to commit a felony than a non-firearm owning Canadian citizen. Yep, that's absolutely right. So we're just creeping a little bit over our time here, Canada, but we are, do want to press on because there's two more things to talk about. We will wrap the show up with our latest predictions for election 44. Very quickly, there was a, a French language leaders debate this past week on TV in Quebec, which very few of us actually saw because it was only on TV. It was in French. So I wouldn't have tuned in because I don't speak French. Lewis, you do. So had you been able to watch it, at least you could have enjoyed it. What is hilarious is that it depends on who 
you get your news from as to who won that debate. I've read everything from Aaron O'Toole was the most prime ministerial to Jagmeet Singh was the most likable to Trudeau was comfortable and in his element to East Francois Blanchet was truly at home. So they all won. Wow. That's <laughs> impressive. But here's, here's the thing that bothers me is that there is that the, the media, if you watch the CBC, the media stated Aaron O'Toole struggled with with the French language during the French language debate. Um, from the clips I saw, he didn't struggle at all. In fact, his French was fantastic. I had heard that. His French was good. Yeah, and his enunciation was great, and everything. I, I'm I speak fluent French, and and his he was really good. Like I was impressed. And there's he didn't struggle, and and but the thing is, is that Trudeau, I mean the two the two people with who were French is is a first language for them was Trudeau and Blanchet, and yeah, I mean compared to them, Jagmeet Singh and Aaron O'Toole may have appeared to struggle, but as someone who speaks fluent French, he didn't struggle. And, and I mean, like Blanchette and Trudeau, you know, they can talk rings around anybody who, where French is their second language, but, um, but it, it means a whole lot of nothing. If they're not saying a whole lot of anything, Trudeau doesn't, it's all, he, he's, he, he says a whole lot of nothing all the time. It doesn't matter what language he's speaking. He says a whole lot of nothing. Yep, that's absolutely true. So, Cape uh, polling has come out. We can oh, see that. Uh, but they... I want to. I, oh. I, I, before we get to the polling, I want to touch on one more thing, and that is: why are there two French language debates and one English language debate? Where, when eighty percent of this country speaks English as a first language, and yeah, thank you for for bringing that up. Yeah, I mean, this is something that started under the last um, election in 2019. Uh, Trudeau would only participate in two French language debates and one English language debate. And uh, the reason for that, and I guarantee it, is that it's because he speaks French fluently as a first language and the others don't. I'm with with you 100% because he wants to look like he's the big shot. Yeah. Because it's all about him. And the fact that even though 80, like 20% of the country speak French as a first language, it's only going to be like 95% of the country isn't even going to watch the French language debates. Well, yeah, you're right. I mean, definitely the TV off because that's only being broadcast in Quebec. So yeah. you're, you're, it's very limited audience. And then, yeah, the consortium has their, their French language debate, which I don't watch because, Hey, I don't speak French. And so really the for English Canada we basically have one debate to watch and that's really sad it is i mean you look at the us and they have multiple debates like and each debate yeah. focuses on a different topic yeah that's right and i mean in this case we've got one debate to 
tackle all the issues. And what I love about the U.S. debates is it's just one-on-one because there's only two parties. And I I used to be on the page where I wish all the the party leaders who had a big slate of candidates could all be in the room. But I remember, was it 2015 when there was five of them on stage? Yeah. And it was absolute chaos. It was just it, ridiculous. Yeah. It was, it looked like a schoolyard. Yeah. I mean, it was, it was, it was terrible. I mean, I, one thing I like about the way they have, like, uh, I think they have four debates or something. And then each debate has, is, is on its own topic. And whereas in Canada, and they have like two hour debates on each thing. And in Canada, we have 15 minutes dedicated to each topic. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's 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 worthless, but it's uh, it's good theater. Yeah. Uh, All right. Speaking of theater, Lewis, uh, last week you were calling for an Aaron O'Toole majority. Where are you at this week? Uh, if if it continues this way, because I mean, if you look at the polling numbers, which you were getting to. Um, it's looking really good for the conservatives at the moment. Uh, the problem is we still have three weeks to go uh, in the election campaign. Um, so it's, you know, who knows? I mean, I guess it's more like two and a half weeks, but um, so who knows really what's going to happen in those two weeks or two and a half weeks, but if it continues the way it's going, I mean, I, I don't like to see the conservatives' numbers this high uh, at this point because it could mean that they're peaking. Um, but if it continues like this, I'm calling for an O'Toole majority. Uh, if this firearms um, scare that the liberals are, are attempting actually does work, uh, uh, I, I see it being an O'Toole minority. Okay. Um, now, last week, I was right on the fence. I called it too close to call. This week, Aaron O'Toole had, he didn't have the best week, but he still had a pretty good week. Uh, the Liberals are, are in free fall. Justin Trudeau is constantly on the attack. He's actually yelling himself hoarse at some of these uh, campaign stops he's going to. And the Liberal campaign looks completely disorganized, which is why we're seeing a, a high degree of NDP support right now. That is the only thing that worries me, is that high level of NDP support. I'm going to call for an Aaron O'Toole minority. What concerns me, though, is that, and this is a point you brought up a couple episodes ago, is that the NDP numbers are high as far as voting intention and support. When people actually get to the ballot box, they're going to say, whoa, whoa. I can't vote for Jagmeet Singh, and their vote's going to go liberal. So I'm, I still think the O'Toole can pull a minority out, but I'm really concerned that the liberals are going to have a very strong opposition. Yeah, it's very, very seldom that that the NDP actually get the vote, uh, like the, the same percentage of vote as they get for support. Um, the NDP, uh, NDP voters especially when the NDP uh, support is very high, like it is right now, that NDP support usually goes to the Liberals when they get to the 
ballot box because they go, you know what, the NDP don't have a shot at stopping the Conservatives. I have to vote Liberal. Uh, it's my only chance to stop those, you know, racist, homophobic, gun-toting rednecks. And uh, and that's what happens is they typically switch their vote from NDP to Liberal uh, when it's actually time when the chips are down and it's actually time to vote. So that, that, that does worry me. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cause I mean, if the tool, in that scenario, if O'Toole wins a minority, then he's got to look to the block for support. And I don't really want to see him buying off Quebec votes for however many years it is until the next election. So. Yeah. Could you imagine what he's going to have to do to get block support? I mean, he's going to have to declare Quebec like, its own actual country. Um, I mean, yeah, exactly. <laughs> there's, there's not a whole lot you can do to satisfy the, the block. No, exactly right. So, uh, so Lisa's still looking more like a conservative win Canada. So you can take that as a positive to end our show with. So uh, we do want to thank you all for tuning in. And again, thank you to all of our, New listeners, I was absolutely stunned by our latest show numbers. So, uh, yeah, keep it up, Canada. And yeah, until I mean, next yeah. time, I'm I'm very very yeah, happy with, with those numbers as well. And and I just want I just want to say, you know, I, I've said this before. I'm going to say it again. Tony and I do this for free. This is not something. This, in fact, it costs us money because we have to pay for the hosting and. And uh, and all that, and, and we don't make anything off of this show, um, and we we do it because we love our country. We want to see it um, go in the right direction. We want to. Uh, we don't want to have to, you know, say, "All right, you know, we're done. It's time for us to separate." We don't. We don't want to do that. Um, it, it, it's a possibility that could still happen, but you know, we we don't want that. We we love Canada. We want Canada to stick together. We want this country this experiment to work and uh so that's why we do this show so we and it, and it's really hard to find good conservative political talk in canada there just isn't any it's 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 uh it, we're, we're like we're we're an endangered species and it's and we uh, we want to keep conservatism alive in this country, and uh, and you're helping us do that by sharing our show and telling your friends and family about our show, and uh, and judging by the way our show numbers and our listener numbers are going, um, a lot of you are doing that, and so we want to thank you very very much from the bottoms of our hearts. Thank you. Absolutely, and. Great place to wrap that up. So until next week, it is Tony in Saskatchewan. And Lewis out here in beautiful BC. Good night. Good night, Canada. <laughs>